Welcome aboard, ladies and gentlemen. This is Nick and Janelle, and we welcome you to Beyond the Vow, episode two. Um, this is going to be a really interesting episode, I feel. Um, it's going to be a continuation uh, of sorts of what we discussed uh, last week uh, with regards to where we, like how we came to meet. And then we discussed um, dating sites and the, the mm-hmm. pros, cons, dangers, and, and all of that jazz. Um, this week, we're going to kind of discuss our first dates and uh, go into a little bit about the importance of what love languages are. Um, this is by no means love advice. <laughs> this no. is not. Um, it's there's going to be different circumstances for different people, but for us, this is what worked. And I feel like for a lot of other people out there, this is probably going to help as well, especially if you are, um, if you're single looking for somebody, this is something to know. And if you're married, it's definitely going to help you. I think, um, with regards to understanding your spouse better. And, a, and, and enabling that better communication, if you will. So I guess starting off concerning our um, first dates or our early dating, um, we discussed last week that we were, you know, about four hours away. Right. And you were clear up there in Indiana. And what we did was we started doing a lot of phone calls. A lot of phone calls. 27 and a half hours a week, phone you, calls. You kept track of that. I, I didn't, and that's that's a lot. I, okay, so let me tell you something. I remember I used to be such a stickler for going to bed around 1030. You told me that. I, 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 I was a stickler for going to bed at, t- at 1030. And um, I just found that that worked really well for me. And then, oh man, all of a sudden it was 11. 11 30 12 12 15 and it was all for a good cause of course but <laughs> i i was staying up later and later and you're like oh man and you go to work and you're like come on brain work for me and uh man i think i burned through a lot of uh nos and uh, and uh different energy drinks and stuff like that um which nos is an energy drink uh, i don't know why i made it like there was something different there but anyway it does smell like cat pee. I will put that out there. Ew. It, it smells like it smells like cat whiz. I don't understand why. Um, so don't inhale as you're drinking. Uh, I don't know. There was something a long time ago called Sobe that I had first drank way back in the day. And uh, I don't know why. It just, I don't know why. And then the tr- it wasn't, so, I wasn't drawn to it. It just, I could drink it. It tasted great, but it smelled like cat pee. <laughs> I don't know. Anyway, that well, we just derailed right there. But anyway, um, so for our, we, we talked a lot on the phone. We did a lot. And from there, it quote unquote escalated because obviously we couldn't see each other as, as far as um, soon as we wanted. Right. And we live so far away that that went to FaceTime and then it went to Discord because that was going to be easier, and we could watch movies together on Discord. Yeah, it was really crazy. But like we would, um, <laughs> we literally would do this. We would, 
we would watch stuff on Facebook or not Facebook, well, like YouTube or whatever. And I would send her a link and I'm like, here, um, all right, on the count of three, click play. One, two, three, and click play. And then a little bit like, oh, I've got an ad. Oh, right, pause, pause. And then we'd pause and you gotta get back up and everything like that. Okay, three, two, one, play. And then yeah. you started sharing your screen and it was so oh, much easier. Oh, yeah, that, that's why I got Discord. <laughs> that is why I got Discord, uh, because I could share my computer screen. And so uh, I would, we would both have our webcam set up so we could talk and chat. And then um, I would share the computer screen with you. And so we watch different movies or whatever like that, which I mean, I wasn't paying for discord at that time. It was like the freebie version. So I imagine it was probably a uh, pretty crummy quality. I mean, well, it's not crummy quality, but it's not great. <laughs> it's, it's the, any film that we watched together was probably looking pretty pitiful on your end. Uh, but anyway, that was how we kind of made do without seeing it, seeing each other. Now, that goes into the pros here. People say, well, you're not, you can't get together physically. You're, you're not there in the same room. Um, that's a horrible thing, right? Well, yeah, you, you can't be there in person talking to them. But I think that there was some definite positives from that because, um, and I'm sure you'll have some pros in your mind as well. Just a couple that I would have is that, um, it gave us time through all those hours of discussion. We discussed things like how we were raised, mm -hmm. our likes, our dislikes, uh, what we believed concerning our faith. Um, and we, we honestly, the falling in love process started back then before we'd ever held a single hand. It did. I was in love with you as a person before you said the first romantic thing. It, it we just, it was, and this is kind of, I'm kind of getting off track here, but I will say this. If you're, if you're getting into, if you're going out dating right now, be careful because if you're not, um, I don't care how strong you are in your faith or whether you're not a Christian at all. The physical element will override everything else or will try to and dominate. Be careful because you'll find yourself so enthralled with, uh, oh, I'm around that person. Oh, the butterflies. Oh, it's amazing. I'm, I got to hold their hand. Oh, I got to give them a kiss. Or, you know, you're so wrapped up in that. And it goes like that date to date to date to date to where it's like, it's always like a puppy. I heard this growing up. It's like, oh, you, you're just feeling puppy love, you know, for the different boyfriends or you may have had or the girlfriends I had. And you, you have to be careful that the physical element doesn't dominate everything else, because I truly 100% believe that the, the dominance of the physical element of dating has played a part in causing people to not get as close to each other. Let's say, um, knowing each other's morality, their characteristics, their habits, other than, are they a good kisser? You know, so that gets overshadowed. They get married. And when the physical part starts to um, not die, but it starts to, to kind of plateau, it slows, down. it slows down. You're left with possibly habits you can't stand, <laughs> characteristics that you can't stand. 
and a person that annoys the daylights out of you, and then two kids later, and you're looking for a divorce. That's not cool. And I think a lot of that can be avoided by simply having the willpower to say, um, you know, yeah, sure, I'd really like to lock lips with you for three hours. <laughs> but that can lead places we don't want to go. Right. And it can also take away from me really, truly getting to know you as a person that I may end up with for 40 plus years. True. And I don't regret. I wanted to see you so bad before you actually did come and we planned that first date. But I don't regret ever. And I've told my mom this. I don't regret a single conversation we had on the phone mm -hmm. because I know you weren't quite as sure as of me as right. I was of you as early, but I had said a prayer when I was 16, when a friend of mine had, you know, a high school boyfriend that she broke up and mm -hmm. it was the end of the world as oh, it yeah. is when you're in high school. Um, and I remember saying a prayer in the gym. I remember where I was mm -hmm. saying, God, don't let me date anyone if it's not the one. Mm -hmm. I didn't know that he was going to wait so long, yeah. but you were worth the wait. And so I knew you were the one and six days in, I knew I'd move for you. And 15 days in, I knew I was head over heels in love and you had never said the first romantic thing. No. Uh, the first time I ever said, um, I love you and I had make I had made sure those are okay. Saying I love you to somebody is really heavy. It's a big thing. It's a very heavy thing shouldn't be taken lightly. And no. I think we use the word, I love you yeah. too lightly, especially when it's, and right. I'm not talking about between friends or I'm talking about when you are dating the words, I love you, I think are thrown out way too early. Right. And we had started that romantic conversations and, um, you know, that romance long distance before we said, I love you to each other. And I had wanted to say it and you I just didn't. You didn't. You said, don't say it until you're sure. Yeah. Well, I was sure, but then I didn't want to make you feel uncomfortable. Right. So I didn't say it until that fateful day. <laughs> I think, <laughs> I think the reason why I held back is because it's like, I think once again, a lot of people are in like with each other. If I can say that they're in like with each other, but they're not in love with each other, but yet they take love and just throw it all around and just, just cover everything. And you really got to be careful. And mean it. Right. And I remember I had gone into a gas station to get something. I was on my way into work. I came New out. New Year's Day. New Year's Day. <laughs> and I'm coming out, coming out to the to the truck. I get in the truck. Or no, 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 no. I was waiting for Garrett. He was coming back uh, from the from the gas station. And I pulled up. And I think I got back first. And you, um, I think you said, love you. And I you said. You were hurrying. And I yeah. said, I love you. Goodbye. And, and I said, then I love you. And I said, bye. And I hung up. And as soon as I did, I went. Oh my word, what did I just say? And it just kind of, it just slipped out. And, and then something just started to settle on me. And it was like something internally, it felt like had done that. I'm going to add that that was before we had ever been in the same physical space together. Right. We had talked, we, we had talked. I think maybe a lot of people out there don't realize just how long we talked and for the long, like before we ever saw each other. So, I mean, we felt like we thoroughly, we thoroughly knew each other very well and are about our families before we ever came face to face. Um, 
so I think that's one thing that was really good about the distance was that we were able to really focus on what is a foundation of a relationship and a marriage. And that's just those absolute cornerstones of the, your, your Christian principles, your, your morals, your habits, your characteristics, all those different things that all of a sudden you get married and then you're like, Oh man, I, I can't, I can't stand this person. And then we end up going to counselors <laughs> and kids. Are, and I see too much of that. I see too much of that. Even working at church when I taught Sunday school and I picked up kids, I had, Oh my goodness. I could go into a whole, I don't know. I, I had, okay. For example, I had a family that I was acquainted with and it was, um, a stepdad involved with two kids and the one, uh, I had stopped to pick these people up and the kids got into my van and the one kid looks out the window at their house and they said, I hate him. And I turned around and looked at him. I said, Whoa, so-and-so I said, you don't hate anybody. I said, why would you say that? And what had happened? What number one, this is no excuse for her saying that, but this is why she said it. The stepdad had sat there and was laughing while his, while his biological child was dumping a can of uh, Coke or Pepsi on this kid's laptop and refused to do anything about it and laughed and thought it was funny. And this kid was powerless to do anything about it. And it kind of bred this issue where it was his kids were priority. And in her mind, her kids were priority and there was never a unified front and there was never discipline across the board to everybody. And it was just a, it was, it was just a horrible thing that was taking place. That is why it is so important when you are dating to be absolutely deadly sure of the person you're going to marry. And can you put up with their habits? Can you put up with the way they do things or are, or are you prepared for what if Lord have mercy, there's an accident and they're a paraplegic or there's something wrong and you have to be a caretaker. There's a lot involved. And are you prepared for that? And going into when we were um, dating here, it was heavy to us because we were serious about it. We were older and we're kind of like, yeah, we're not doing puppy stuff. We're I looking wasn't dating for fun. Yeah. We're looking for somebody that we're actually going to, we're going to marry. I mean, and it was this fun. is it. Yeah. But it's like, it's, it's like we had serious intentions behind it. Um, so when we met, I remember I, uh, so do you want me to share, share my side first of our first date or I'll tell, I've been doing a lot of jabbering here. You go ahead and I'll, I'll fill in. <laughs> so I was sitting at my parents' house, um, and I got a text saying we had already made a date. Remember we were going to meet at Newport, which we have yet to go to the Newport uh, aquarium. Yeah. That was always something we were going to do. And that just totally fell through. That was going to be our first date. Yeah. Um, but I was sitting at my parents' house and it was, it was a Monday night or a Sunday night. So I can't remember which. And you text me and said, what if I came to your house? What if I came your way on Tuesday night? I'm off Wednesday and we can see each other. Yeah, I think. Yeah, it wasn't a weekend, was it? No. No, it wasn't. Because you were working four times. I was working. Yes, that was it. That so was it. I took off work 
on went that Wednesday. Uh-huh. You came in on Tuesday night, pretty late. Mm-hmm. Um, and then Serena was already in bed. So, um, you didn't get to meet her that night, but mm-hmm. she was already in bed and you came in. I made spaghetti. I was so nervous. I almost forgot how to make spaghetti. And that's something that I had made and made and made and made and made. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, um, do you remember the joke that I kept telling you? No, I don't. Because we were already 99%. Well, I was all the way in love with you. We'd already said, I love you. Remember I said that you had 10 seconds once you, those feet hit the ground to give me a kiss. I don't remember that. I really don't. <laughs> I'm terrible. And then he came into my house. He brought me white roses. Yeah, I think I remember uh-huh. that. And then he came into my house and I thought he was taking me up on my thing. My, my joke there that he had 10 seconds to give me a kiss he leaned toward me, and I went to follow through, except he was spitting out his gum and dodged my first kiss. <laughs> I, I'll never live it down. I, and what's so awful is, like, I, I, all of a sudden, I knew what was happening, and, but I was already in motion, and it's like I couldn't stop myself. I'm like, i got to spit out my gum. <laughs> and then it's like, oh, dude, you just ruined it royally. I mean, that was the first thing that came in my mind. I thought, well, that's the first kiss you're never getting back. Of course, you know, we had a first kiss, you know, like in greeting. But, uh, yeah, that first, first one is uh, that. Yeah, that was that was <laughs> that was toast. Dodged uh, my first kiss. I uh, I drove up. I had got a room. It's not Hampton Inn. There's another one down there behind uh, Montana Mike's. Fairfield. Uh, maybe Fairfield. On Scatterfield, wherever that is, down that way. It was, I think maybe it was Fairfield Inn and Suites or whatever. Fairfield by Marriott, is that what it is? Something along those lines? I think. Maybe it's right next to Meyer. But I got a room and then I drove up and I got to Payless and I was like, all right, dude, I got to get flowers. So I go in there to get flowers. You changed your clothes too. I did because literally I think I came straight after work. (laughs) And it's like, Oh my word! I don't need to. I don't need you to smell any work, sweat, grime, you know, slime, whatever, you know. So I changed shirts in the truck. I had a spritz of cologne, and then I had the flowers, and then I was ready to go. And I was probably the most fresh person in the history of the world that had just driven four hours. <laughs> and like I was like, yeah, I'm here finally. Yeah, I kind of remember a little bit of like it's kind of a blur. You know, it's a happy blur, but it was a blur. Uh, I think I was really worried about um, Kiefer. And Kiefer is the German shepherd that she had um, at the time. And I remember coming in the front door, and I was like, oh, it's a monster. He, but he never barked the first time. No, he didn't. And he loved you from the get-go. I, we've, we've hypothesized about this. Maybe I should say theorized about this. That maybe it had to do with the fact that he heard me on speaker so much that mm-hmm. he was familiar with the voice. Kipper, I was kind of concerned about as well. Kipper is a very fat black cat, looks like a penguin, and he walks bow legged. <laughs> and when he runs, it's like, dum, 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 dum. and uh, anyway, he, uh, he didn't run away, and he's my buddy now. That was huge. He laid on the back of the couch, and generally when I had company over, uh-huh. 
they he would just leave the house. He just left, and he wouldn't be back until he stayed. And he stayed. He stayed right in there with you. He stayed. Uh, he was at a distance, but he stayed. I think he was kind of curious to see what I what I was. Uh, but and then the next day, I think uh, we went to it was. Um, we went to Applebee's. Applebee's and we explored the city. You were showing me around Anderson. Mm-hmm. Um, and I can't remember what else we did. We went another time to the zoo. Um, but we just kind of went all around the area. So I, I wanted to see where you grew up, churches you'd gone to, what the city was like, because I, I was really curious. Um, so You had watched a four-hour documentary on I, Anderson. I did. I watched a four-hour documentary on Anderson, Indiana. And I will tell you, <laughs> you might be like, oh, man, history of anybody's town can be just really boring. But let me tell you, there's really... <laughs> interesting stuff out there. I learned about Chief Anderson and I learned all about like the, the athletics that they had had and the canals that they had, the failed canal that they had, I think. Things I didn't know. Yeah. I mean, just Indiana's failed attempt for like a statewide canal or something from north to south. I don't know. It was interesting to learn. Um, and I watched that so I could have kind of a, a little bit of understanding and a history of it. Um, but that that's a little bit of kind of... Um, what what our first date kind of consisted of, of course, I met your parents the, the next day because they, mm-hmm. they, they took Serena. And then we were going all around exploring and things like that. We went to, uh, then we went to your mom and dad's house. Um, and then... Um, we I, picked up Serena. We came back to my house. And then you had to hit the road. Yep, I had to go. And uh, Serena was leaving with you. Yeah, she was, she was going to go. She was going to go. And I think, I don't know, like maybe this doesn't, isn't the case at all, but I think that she had uh, heard me on speaker mm-hmm. as well and maybe was just familiar with the voice. So um, that was a little bit of what our first uh, in-person get-together consisted of, but what really set the groundwork was just really getting to know each other. Mm-hmm. The conversations, the background, uh, the habits, uh, this, the, the different things. And this is where we kind of get into something that we want to cover tonight as well is discussing love languages. And this is something we discussed. As a matter of fact, we even took the test. And what I'm referring to is if you go out on Google, you can type in five love languages. Uh, the actual URL is like fivelovelanguages.com. What it is is the theory that relationships operate on five different Um, they operate in five different areas and I've got all five here. Plus what the definition is. Uh, if you go on there, it's all free. Um, you can take the the test and I, and I will say this, if you are go, if you're getting ready to go date, this is amazing for you because they have a singles part of it where you can take the test. They also have one where you're in a relationship and you're married, you can take it. Mm -hmm. And it's amazing because it helps you understand what you need and what the other person needs. And if you've been married for years, take it again. Cause guess what? They change sometimes. They can change. Ours have kind of shifted after being married. So, uh, the first one that I want to talk a little bit about, um, here, and we're going to go through all five, but I'm mm-hmm. going to, I've got the first one and we'll discuss the, they've got a kind of their meaning of it or their definition. So the first one is words of affirmation. And it says, actions don't always speak louder than words. If this is your love language, unsolicited compliments mean the world to you. 
Hearing the words, I love you, are important. Hearing the reasons behind that love sends your spirit skyward. Insults can leave you shattered and are not easily forgotten. Kind, encouraging, and positive words are truly life-giving. That is words of affirmation. Now, when I took that test, as a matter of fact, I wanted to be sure of that, and I took it here recently, and that was literally number one for me. See, it was physical touch when we were dating that was number one for you, because I remember thinking, oh, we have similar love languages. Mm -hmm. And then it wasn't, this might, I know we haven't talked about this part, but it wasn't too long after we got married that I realized that physical touch was not your your number one love language, mm-hmm. that words of affirmation was. That was not a shock to me that it changed. It was because to me, words of affirmation for you to say, hey, I love you, uh, or a compliment, that really lifts me up. And it, it just, it just kind of completes me. And you know, I really didn't know that there was a kind of methodology to all that until, and I forget who it was. It might have been Brother King at our church who had mentioned this. He was a counselor. And um, he uh, uh, mentioned this, and I think I had gone and taken this test years ago. And I wish I had the, the file on that back then because I'm sure it's even different now than it was then because, once again, you're a lot younger then. Now mm-hmm. you're in your late 30s. Your priorities start to change what really matters. For me, hearing, hearing you say those things, it just makes me feel good. It just makes me feel good. Now, on the, um, where is that in your ranking? That's third for me. So it's so, still but, important. But in the percentage, when you take this test, that there's percentages. Right. So 33% for me is physical touch. 23% is quality time. 20% is words of affirmation. So I feel like words of affirmation and quality time really go hand in hand for me. True. And I think it's really important to understand how to love the person in their love language. Because if it's different between your spouse or you're the person you're dating, you have to be very careful that you are loving them in their love language because it's easy. It's very easy to love in my love language. Right. It's very easy for me to come around and rub you on the back, um, touch your face, give you a kiss, run. And I know you enjoy those things, but it's not what feeds you. Right. But that is my love language. Mm -hmm. So it is very easy to feed that person in your love language and forget that they have their separate love language. So you really have to be very aware of your partner's love language and, and love them in their love language. I would say that if anybody out there is listening and you're in a relationship, like you're married and you're just like, wow, it's like we, we never really get each other. We're always just kind of off the mark, of, as it were. Both of you need to sit down and do this because I really think all of a sudden everything is going to start to click. And you're going to go, oh, wow. So that that's how it works. And then receiving in that other person's love right. language. Because sometimes you have to receive in their love language and not just give in their love language right. because if they're unable to if you were unable to give me the physical touch the t- the taps the 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 rubs the kisses the whole the holding of the hands if you weren't able to do those things if that wasn't something that came naturally i would have to learn how to be content 
and receive love in your love language. Right. It's like you would have to be content with that deficit. Right. In, in but essence. I'm also going to communicate that, hey, this isn't the case. But, hey, you're not giving, you're not feeding me how I need to be fed. Right. This isn't the case at all. I want to make that very clear. Right. So, secondly, and this is, I don't know if this is necessarily in like any order. This is just what they have listed. Mm-hmm. But number two is acts of service. It says, can vacuuming the floors really be an expression of love? Absolutely. Anything you do to ease the burden of responsibilities weighing on an acts of service person will speak volumes. The words he or she most want to hear, let me do that for you. Laziness, broken commitments, and making more work for them tell speakers of this love language that their feelings don't matter. Finding ways to serve speaks volumes to the recipient of these acts. So let me go ahead and kind of take that. So such as taking out the trash. That is something that like you were always like, like you were always kind of working on that one little trash area. And one day I got up and I thought, you know what? I'm going to take that out. And I took it out and it was like, I, I, it was like you were kind of, I don't know if like you were, uh, you were expecting that or not. I don't know. But it's like, we all kind of had our own little thing that we did, but it's like, take that step outside of what you normally do and do these little acts of service for the other person. And it, and it's noticed. Right. Well, this is a little bit of maybe a little bit of on down the road, but when you've lived single for so long and you've had your own household and you've done everything, I had to get used to letting someone do things. Now I adore it when you take out the trash because I hate taking out the trash. So I love that part, but I had to get, I had to get past in my own head and it was nothing you did, but in my own head, those acts of service mm-hmm. were telling me that I wasn't doing enough in that moment, but it wasn't you that was giving me that message. It was my own. I had been doing everything for so long. Right. And if somebody came into my house and did it, that meant that I didn't do it correctly. Right. So I had to get over that. Right. So it's like, basically you're so used to doing it all the time that when it's somebody else doing it, then you kind of feel like, Oh, I must be doing something wrong. If somebody else is having to step in and do that for me. Right. But then understanding that that other person is actually doing that as an act of service to you. Right. And they're not doing it because they feel like you're deficient in any way at doing that job. They just want to help. Right. I just felt terrible about mm-hmm. myself for the longest time. Anytime you swept the floor, anytime you took out the trash, well, I am just not keeping up on things. I just need to get better. And, I, and, and I then used to I hear realized that. that it was not right. you that was doing that and giving me that message. Mm-hmm. It was my own rut. See, my, thi- my thing was, I, I, I love to get the vacuum sweeper. Maybe this sounds so unmanlike. I don't know. But I love to get the vacuum sweeper and just go through the house. And I'm like, I, I, there's something in my soul that feels clean. <laughs> it just feels good. And since you have two German shepherds, if you don't stay on it, it's like hair central. Yeah. And um, it never gets like horrible because we stay on it. But, um, oh my word, our poor little our poor little robo vac. I got that with the intent that yes. it would take care of things and really yes. help with the hardwood. No. Oh no, the dog fur, it, it, it can only make it through a third of the house. And it's <laughs> yeah, it's, it's just, it's just really rough. The poor little fellas. So you literally have to take a vacuum sweeper because you got two full blown German shepherds and they've got their fur 
And it just it just keeps coming. And then we have our fur. Oh, there you go. The what? cats have their fur. They do. Our house is clean, by the way. I don't want anybody to think our house isn't clean. <laughs> It's we clean, have, but we have to stay on top of it. We have two German Shatters. Anybody out there with German Shepherds is going to understand. Trust me. Um, third, number three, quality time. In the vernacular of quality time, nothing says I love you like full undivided attention. Being there for this type of person is critical, but really being there with the TV off, fork and knife down, and all chores and tasks on standby makes your significant your significant other feel truly special and loved. Distractions, postponed dates, or the failure to listen can be especially hurtful. The love language of quality time also means sharing quality conversation and quality activities. So basically, giving your your spouse or the person you're dating that undivided attention. Not th- and I think some people think, oh, we're going to go out. We go out to eat, and what's the first thing you see everybody doing in their cubicles? They're on their phone. They're on their phone. That's what's happened. I was talking to somebody uh, here recently. They said, you know what? At the company I work for, uh, we used to, the break room was always alive with competition, like not competition, but conversation. People were always talking. And said, so now when the smartphone came in, you go into the break room, dead silent. And yeah. occasionally you'll hear, hey, do you see what's on TikTok? <laughs> you know, and that's kind of what happens because we've moved away from like getting to know each other face to face, now we're 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 getting to know each other through an app. In a way, they're still communicating, but they're just digesting media yeah. and going through people's Facebook and everything. And I love technology; I'm all for it. But I think it has been done a disservice to relationships. Um, and when you go to restaurants, you'll see like, oh, well, we go out to eat. Well, what do you do? You sit there and you don't say anything. You stare at your phone. And hey, hand raised in the air right now. I've been guilty of that before. But sometimes you have to put it down and you got to just talk. And you got to listen. And you got to have a conversation. And that way you can kind of digest and say, hey, how was your day? I want to know the good and the bad and the ugly of your day every day. Yeah. And, and it's like Facebook will always be there. You know, whoever's TikTok where they're trying to do some planking challenge or whatever, it'll always <laughs> be there. Uh, you know, whoever wants to post their duck lips on Snapchat, that will always be there. Nobody cares. <laughs> so, but having that one-on-one time of, of sitting there and, and actually talking to that person and being willing to say, hey, how was your day? Or is there anything I can do for you? Or those kinds of things. It matters mm-hmm. big time. And for me, we don't even have to, I don't even have to have your undivided attention all the time. Mm-hmm. If you were sitting in the same room and just holding my hand, I'm a happy camper. There you go. Going down the road. You pick up my hand. I'm the happiest camper. And we may not be saying a word, but as long as I'm with you, it's quality time. There you go. Um, number four, receiving gifts. Don't mistake this love language. For materialism, the receiver of gifts thrives on the love, thoughtfulness, and effort behind the gift. If you speak this love language, the perfect gift or gesture shows that you are known, you are cared for, and you are prized above whatever was sacrificed to bring the gift to you. A missed birthday, anniversary, or a hasty, thoughtless gift would be disastrous. So with the absence of everyday gestures. sorry, Gifts are visual representations of love and are treasured greatly. I'm going to add something. What's that? 
all of these love languages are important to everyone. They are. It's just how they rank. How they're ordered. Right. Like you, you may sit there and whoever's listening out there, maybe you're married and, and you may have uh, receiving gifts and quality time as your one and two, but your spouse may have acts of service and physical touch as one and two. But knowing where those rank can really help in kind of unlocking that communication. Mm -hmm. It can just bring it to the next level. Um, so with receiving gifts, um, an example I talked about the other day, you went to Kroger and you didn't even say anything to me about it. Um, but I came in the kitchen and it was like sometime later, opened up the fridge and there's a case of cheer wine. It's not an alcoholic beverage. It's like a, <laughs> I call it a very well refined Dr. Pepper. And there was like a four, like a thing of cheer wine there. And I was like, oh my goodness, she got that for me. And I didn't ask you for it. And it mattered. It, it, it made me feel good. I was like, wow, that's really nice. She thought of me. And that matters. Um, your thoughts. Okay, so re receiving gifts is at the bottom is my mm -hmm. number five. However, I do enjoy it when you get a thoughtful gift, when you've paid attention, when you send me flowers at work. Mm -hmm. Now I'm going to be working at home, so flowers at work is just <laughs> to home. <laughs> but um, I do enjoy those gifts, and even mm -hmm. though it's number five, it just means that those other things matter more. Right. It just means that you holding my hand or giving me a tap as you pass me, those, those things speak more. Doesn't mean that I don't enjoy them. Right. And that's what I was saying that all of these love languages are important to everyone. It just is how they rank. Right. It's, it's how they rank. They're all important. Um, one is not more important than the other. Uh, because somebody out there has each one of these as their number one. You know, mm -hmm. like they're, they, well, I should rephrase that as each person has a different number one. It just depends on the person. Lastly on here, but certainly not least, least in importance, is physical touch. This love language isn't all about the bedroom. A person whose primary love language is physical touch is, not surprisingly, very touchy. Hugs, pats on the back, holding hands, and thoughtful touches on the arm, shoulder, or face. They can all be ways to show excitement, concern, care, and love. Physical presence and accessibility are crucial, while neglect or abuse can be unforgivable and destructive. Physical touch fosters a sense of security and belonging in any relationship. And I think physical touch, no matter where it ranks on anyone's love languages, is important. It is. There's, like, let's say we're out walking around or whatever, and there's been times where we'll be out, in, uh, like, at the mall or something, and you reach over and, and like, you, you grab my hand. Mm -hmm. And we just, we just walk holding hands. And it feels good to me. It feels good. It kind of it makes you feel... Um, you feel you do secure is a good thing. Mm -hmm. Secure is a good word, a way to put it. Uh, content, mm -hmm. uh, complete. You know, th those are all the things that go through my mind when that happens. It's not like physical touch is all about like mega lust. It's nothing <laughs> like that. Like that, no. the abuse of that language, I right. think, is what has led to problems especially in marriages, because that language has been exercised in a wrong direction. 
before people get married. And it's all about, I think it's, when people think physical touch or they hear physical touch, they automatically go to the bedroom. They do. And, and it's not. It's, it's those little taps. It's those bumps. It's that, even the unintentional ones. But the intentional ones are the ones that, you know, you can run past me and bump into me and my heart still goes flutter a year later. Mm-hmm. But probably not as butterfly as if you, as when you reach over and grab my hand. Right. It's that physical contact matters because it's a physical demonstration of your love and affection. Mm -hmm. And that gift is something that keeps romance alive. It's, it's It's a foundational piece to that. It keeps romance alive. It keeps the uh, the the relationship alive. Um, but uh, once again, I think that that is something that is icing on top of the cake. With regard, to the bedroom is mm-hmm. icing on top of the cake after marriage. Before marriage, if you decide with what these things say, you can live with that person. You love their habits. You love their characteristics. Their morality is great. Their their faith, whatever floats your boat. If it all is locked, sink, and you're like, man, I can be with this person, this person forever, then whatever is taking place concerning like love with the bedroom or whatever else is in that realm, after that, when you exchange vows, that is just icing on top of the cake. But because people build their foundation with just the icing, that causes problems later on. I didn't marry you for the icing, but that is a beautiful perk. There you go. There you go. So these are, these are just the five love languages, words of affirmation, acts of service, quality time, receiving gifts, physical touch, um, that are very important. To, and it's important that we understand, I feel, where they rank with each other so we know what is important to each other so we can feed each other. Um, and I can go into relationships that I've been in before where I've seen that even in people's like parents where there were deficiencies in these areas. And one that I knew of that was leading for heading towards a divorce of someone way back in. And, and you could see that coming because there was such a deficiency there. And I think if people knew better how to communicate and, and knew this and worked at it, I think a lot of this would probably be avoided. <laughs> we were talking the other day. The men have to be told bluntly what, what a woman needs. And we women feel terrible about telling you bluntly. You know, I'm horrible with like I don't like know why God made us like that, but he uh, did. I, don't, I am so bad with people's names, but I can tell you what car they drive. <laughs> I can tell you the model. I can tell you the car. It's like, I know people buy their car. I really do. So have mercy if you walk. I guess I just won't know you. <laughs> you know, I know you buy your car. Um, anyway, it's just a little bit of what we've been uh, kind, of, kind of on our minds. It's just summing up a little bit of uh, our relationship and, and how we came to be uh, can, and how our dating went uh, direction, you know, went and what direction it went, what our first date was like, dates were like, um, why we were, um, why we kind of felt that distance was a good thing. And also how we kind of discuss the priority of love languages and understanding that regard, um, which I think is so super important for people out there. And you have to have that physical attraction. That's important. You do. We don't want to um, downplay that. But 
because obviously I was attracted to your picture because mm-hmm. I sent you the, the message. But the rest of it is what builds a marriage, not true the attraction, because at some point we're all going to get older and we're all going to start bagging and dragging oh. and all sorts of stuff. And you still have to love that person and you be content with who you married. You do. At some point, we're all going to be bagging McBaggerson. <laughs> That's just how it is. And we're all going to be saggy baggy. And things are not going to be where they used to be. Things are going to be uh, messed up a little <laughs> bit. And uh, we're not going to look like we used to. And, I mean, it's, it's going to be rough. But if you have that foundation of true love that goes beyond that physical realm, that matters. Mm-hmm. That matters. All these things play together. Um, but uh, all, let me say this. All these things work together, and they all kind of mingle together to make a complete relationship. If you focus on one and not the others, it's, it may not end that well. You have to know where somebody's at on the list here, kind of. Mm-hmm. Know, know where their priorities are at, and if you know those priorities, then, then, then feed that person mm-hmm. what they desire. Uh, with regards to quality time or their, what, or words of affirmation or whatever it may be, and you'll see a difference. And for heaven's sake, talk about everything before you get married. Yeah. And I mean everything. Yeah, we, 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 you know, there's things that we talked literally about everything. We did. We talked about everything to see where we stood on everything. Uh, nothing, we didn't leave any stone unturned. We were not bashful or ashamed. We were blunt. Mm-hmm. And we just kind of let it all hang out, and we discussed it, and that matters too. So, um, anyway, I guess that kind of wraps up what we were uh, what we were looking at uh, today concerning a little bit, summing up a little bit where we were, and uh, mm-hmm. a little bit about um, love languages and the importance of those. So, if you get time, just uh, like I said earlier, it's five love languages dot com. And if you go on there, you can take this test for yourself. It's free uh, and kind of get an idea as to uh, where your love languages sit in priority and uh, have your significant other. If they want to take it, take it as well. And you might be surprised and it might just help. Nice date night for somebody. It would. It really would. Just kind of, it's, you almost kind of get to know each other all over again because you kind of figure out, you know, where, where your priorities lie. But, um, any, any, any last words? Are we good to go? I know. I think we're good to go. All right. Well, thank you all for joining us for this uh, episode of Beyond the Vow, and we look forward to seeing you all next time. Thanks. Take care. Bye.